Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're starting a discussion on Forgotten Anne. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we have Greg. What up? <laughs> and last but not least we got the homie Trevor. What's going on? Uh, since this is Trevor's game for the month of July, I'm going to let him introduce it. Alright, so this is going to be pretty short. Uh, Forgotten Anne uh, is an indie adventure platform game, and it was developed by Throughline Games, um, which is a completely new developer. Uh, Forgotten Anne is the only game that they developed so far, and it's pretty much on every platform, as well as iOS. Um, it was published by Square Enix Collective, which is a subsidiary of Square Enix that publishes uh, indie games. Um, and I guess the most noticeable part of the game is um, like the hand-drawn animation that, or the style of the game. Um, the game is also praised a lot for its music. Um, it has an orchestral score that's performed by the Copenhagen Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, and it was released on May 15th, 2018. Um, and it's primarily just a story-driven side-scrolling game, which I tried to find some other examples, some similar games, but couldn't really find, um, any, like, you know, obvious matches. I, I um I actually just just have a tab up right now that people were talking about a couple of games. You mean can we call some out? Um, was one of them Valiant Hearts? Yeah, yeah. it's the Steam Steam forum. Yeah, the, I think uh, I saw that one. The what what I thought about just playing the game, and it's, it's not like a one to one comparison, but as far as like the way you navigate the environment was like the old Prince of Persia games. Like that was like the first thing that came to mind. I never played the Sands of Time was the only Prince of Persia I ever played. I mean, that is the GOAT. So. Well, I mean, the, the 3D one, I never played yeah. the OG ones. Some other ones I see is Never Alone, um, Inside. And that, wasn't Valiant Hearts on your list of games to potentially play? It, it was. I was going to talk about that, too, because I think one of the things that Valiant Hearts is is praised for is it's like hand-drawn aesthetic too Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but um but yeah that's another kind of similarity to this game you know another game this guy suggests you're gonna say child of flight close brothers (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say that but i was like there's no way this is gonna tie back Uh, (laughs) maybe because of the light puzzling but definitely not the gameplay yeah, yeah, they uh, they said that the story is more involved in Forgotten Anne and Brothers. The the gameplay is more involving, so it's it's kind of like uh, that aspect. Not necessarily the overall look, but just the here's a action platformer or whatever. Would you would you call the genre again? Uh, indie adventure platformer. Adventure platformer with with a story that's being presented to you in a, a unique way and yeah is it was that it for your intro did you have anything else? oh yeah that's that's it like i said it's pretty short um the developer through line games as far as i could tell it doesn't look like they're working on anything new um so can i tell you something what's up 
Don't do it. For the Don't. Best. <laughs> you can <laughs> say that. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was curious how everybody else felt about it, but yeah, okay. I think that kind of says it. Let, let, let's get let's get it. Okay, so what, first of all, what's, what's everybody playing this on? I played it on PC. Yeah, I played it on PC too. Same on Steam. Okay, you you didn't end up getting on uh, Xbox One. No, once I got about halfway into it, I was just yeah, like, I play it again. It's, it's not even worth buying on sale. <laughs> but <laughs> oh my god, that's coming from Trevor. I'm expecting him to say it was just fine. <laughs> it did not live up to what I saw. Like one thing I didn't mention during the intro was this game has generally favorable reviews. I think on Metacritic it had like an eighty something. Um. And unlike Brothers, that's, I guess, because this game is only about a year old, it hasn't had time to age at all. So, if I, I don't know how that still stand, or how that will still stand. I mean, if I'm being honest, like, Brothers, I will say, uh, I, I remember when that game came out. And I remember there being talk about that game, and Forgotten End completely went underneath my radar. Um, and I think maybe part of it was the studio, because Starby ah, Starbreeze was a little bit uh, more established. Yeah. Um, but also, um, like I mean, like Giant Bomb doesn't even have a review. I, I don't remember them talking about Forgotten End. You know, I, I had never heard of this game until. Yeah, I hadn't either. I'm actually curious how you stumbled upon it, Trevor, and, and why. Um, I think I was looking for like narrative-driven or story-driven games, and because this is like a newer game, it kind of popped up, and I've seen the like cover art for it, and it has kind of like that anime Studio Ghibli look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured, hey, this, you know... This might be a, a good, a good hidden gem. I don't know, but uh, that was one of the reasons why. I mean, it has the shortest Wikipedia page I've ever seen. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I think my intro was a little bit longer than the Wikipedia. Page. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, like, I, I will say, so there are positives. I'm not. I'm not saying this game is like the worst game I've ever played by any means or anything, but like, the thing. I, I almost feel like Dante, almost. It just wasn't fun to play. You know? Yeah, it yeah. relies heavily on its narrative. And, like, I guess we can we can kind of start from the beginning. Like, the, the very first thing, the most striking thing about this game is when you get brought into this world and how everything is animated. And even the cutscenes, like, I actually had it written down. These cutscenes kind of, like, remind me of Avatar. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that I thought of. Uh, just the way the characters looked to me, um, they looked like they could have been in Last Airbender. Um, but I, I really did. I guess similar, like I guess there's some through line. I guess to a game we played to Catherine, how they're. I see what uh, you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, just just in the sense of like the story, like they use uh, like basically animated cutscenes that are like look like cartoons to like 
drive parts of the story forward. I think I think that that is the the best thing that Forgotten Anne does. I will say. Do you guys? I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about the animated cutscenes. I mean, they look nice. Yeah, I I actually like them. And one of the things that I saw online, um, it was like a description of this game. It said it was like a, a seamless, or it had like seamless gameplay, something like that. And and I see what they mean um, as far as how you can go from gameplay to cutscenes, and the way they go from some of the two D gameplay into the um, like the animated cutscenes is is pretty seamless. Is it's actually pretty quick. Um, you know, there's no load times or anything like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think technically, this game, as as far as like the cutscenes and the animation, is it, pretty sound. Okay. Um, but I mean, like that's the main sticking point, and I think unfortunately, just uh, there's not a lot that even really that that stands out to me in the cutscenes. They just look nice, you know what I mean? Like I felt like we were getting a lot more. And maybe it's just the nature of the game and the length and just the budget. But like in Catherine, you were getting a lot more narrative in their cutscenes. And I think, I think there is like a deeper meaning, like a deeper story that's being told in Forgotten Anne. But I don't think the cutscenes are the areas where they deliver it. You know? Yeah, and honestly, I wish there were more of the. So just to explain it. Um, there are in the game there are two types of cutscenes. There are some where you basically just see dialogue across the screen and you don't have control of your character, um, and that's kind of where a little bit of the story unfolds. And then there are also like these animated cutscenes, um, where they might show, um, I don't know, character interactions, um, but. It. I, I want to say there was more. It, it felt like there was more story that came out of just the two D cutscenes, where it's just dialogue across the screen. Yeah, yeah. You got more I, from that than the than the actual animated scenes, which you know could have been a, a waste, you know, on their part. Of money. <laughs> it's just like it's just like they spent their entire not entire budget but they spent a lot of their bo- budget on this I mean it's really well done animated like cutscenes and everything but they don't really deliver any story in these cutscenes I'm like what's the point of having them you could have maybe put more time into some of the other elements of the game like some of the ones we're about to talk about uh, I, I realized we hadn't kind of laid the ground like the, the background for this game and um, <clears throat> basically the game kind of takes place in this I don't know if they have a name for the world but uh, like the I guess my elevator pitch is like you know how you lose a pair of socks or like a, a one sock out of a pair so you just have like a stray sock like imagine that sock goes to a, gets teleported to a different world and in this world it's basically working trying to get back into your world and like i guess this world is filled with items that were forgotten about they're called forgotlings 
And um, if enough time passes of them being in this forgotten world, they become crystallized and they fade away and become a quote unquote memory, basically. Um, so like these these are all like besides Anne and the, her caretaker or the, the person that watches over her. Um, everybody else in this world are animated talking items. So uh, there's like a lamp. There's a a drawing figurine that you would uh, a wooden drawing figurine there's a, a light bulb there's a pillow there's a, a sock there's a scarf like all these different items uh that are actual characters with life forces and they talk and you know they 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 want to get back to the normal world um to be with their owner or whatever um and i guess the the there's a i guess rebellion going on right now at the end, at the time you're in the game, so um, Anne is the right hand man to a guy named um, Master Banku, yep. yeah, who basically runs the world. He's the terrible name. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> this uh, older guy that he's supposedly the creator of this world, and supposedly him and Anne are from the real world, and they're trying to build an ether bridge to get back. And what they do is. There's a lot of through lines to me. I, I told this to Trevor. There's a lot of through lines in this game to games we previously played. So one that we already mentioned was the um, uh, uh, through line to brothers as far as just light like in that regard with the, the gameplay and the story. Um, another one, I guess, that I noticed was like a um, through line between this game and uh, Grim Fandango. Uh, because in um, in uh, Grim Fandango, all the characters when they're in limbo, they're trying to get to the next world, and um, they have to do good deeds. Or if they they lived a good life, they could take a gold, they get a golden ticket and take that train to the next afterworld or whatever. It's the same thing in this game, where if you work to pay off your debt in this forgotten world, you can get a ticket to ride the train to get across the ether bridge back to the normal world or whatever. Um, and then uh, just the, the relationship between um, Banku and Anne reminded me of the relationship between, I don't remember the character's names from Bioshock Infinite, how he had this basically... Booker this, do it. No, no. Oh, the, are you the, talking about her? Elizabeth and um, what's the guy? What's the... Booker? No, not the no, main character. Um, the other uh, dude. The, ball, the bad guy. Uh... The bearded old white man that basically locked this girl up in a tower and kept her away from the world. If you're listening, you can ride in with your correction. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, it's like... Oh God, it's bugging me now. I got... Hold on. Oh, I'm about to have it. Comstock. Yep. <laughs> there we Comstock. Go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Bonku <laughs> is basically the fill-in for a Comstock-type character. And then Elizabeth is a... Or Anne is a fill-in for Elizabeth, where, like... They, they have a much better, more positive relationship, uh, and in uh, Banku, but I kind of feel like he kind of hit her from the world, in, in a sense, from the real world, and kind of manipulated her to kind of be his second in, 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 in second hand woman, right? Right hand, right hand woman? His, his enforcer. Yeah, yeah. So she's the person that is the enforcer and kind of keeps these forgotlings in line. Uh, 
on their day-to-day tasks and everything. What's weird is all of the Forgotlings, like, treat Anne like they've known her her entire life. And it's... You don't really make that connection, like, while you're playing. It, it almost seems like you woke up from a coma or something. Do any of y'all get that feeling? You mean at the beginning? Not just at the beginning, but throughout the game. It just seems like Anne doesn't remember anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that was... I mean, I guess I got that vibe, but I didn't know if that was intentional. I'm assuming it was. But, I mean, everybody knows Anne. Like, when they see her, they're like, oh, there goes the Enforcer. Or people who have known her her whole life are like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I remember when you were just a little girl. And and so it just seems like it's... It's not the other way around where Anne remembers anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, there's like an interaction she has with that blanket where she's like, she's like, I don't remember you. Or like, well, am I supposed to remember you? Or am I supposed to know you? Or something like that. But she doesn't recognize her. But the blanket recognizes, uh, recognizes Anne. It's like a cheap way to kind of force the character to explain their role or something in this world, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of getting nerdy or whatever, but I know me, you, and Dante have been watching Evangelion. Mm-hmm. And, like, that first episode, they just hit the ground running. They throw out, like, terms and things like that, and then, like, they expect you to catch up to what they're talking. They don't really explain things. Yeah. In, like, a good way. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you're, like, completely lost. But in this game, it's kind of like, your glove sucks life force from people. And, you know, just like the way they explain things. And it's just like, how is she the enforcer? And she doesn't even know the, the happenings that is going on in this, you know, what's going on in the world. These rebellions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, um, what the rebellions are is like, I guess, um, this whole uh, community runs on anima, which is like power. And um, so they harvest anima to run the city, power the lights, all that. Um, you find out that anima is basically people's, like, was it souls? It's, the city runs on souls? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. And so, like, you have this glove that you wear called the Arca, and it basically, you can suck uh, power from stations and you you can basically um take power from one place and transfer it to something else and uh the the beginning of the game there's a rebel attack so the city is uh, parts of the city are down because the power is no longer working there so that's kind of how they introduce the puzzle solving you're wearing this glove that allows you to move power from one thing to another so like heavy machinery you can light this section of a, a a room or you can make this door turn like activate or to activate this gate, and it's a it's a cool system. But I don't necessarily know if they do enough with it. Uh, definitely not. Like, but I, I don't have you have <laughs> you have the same amount of power. Actually, well, I guess we'll get to that part later. But you have the same amount of power at the beginning of a game that you do at the end. Like, especially for a puzzler where you're supposed to, as you progress through the game, you should be picking up new skills and different, learning different ways to how to use your power. 
and I don't think they fully tap into that for this game. I think you pretty much use it the exact same way throughout the whole game. I was going to say, in fact, even like you're losing ability by the end of the game. Yeah, and, that, and that's what uh, I was yeah. talking about. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it would be one thing if it's like, this is a very powerful tool. I can't think of any like implementation or like some um, comparison that we have to another game. But like they could have done some really cool stuff with this or like develop or create some more complex puzzles utilizing this system, which I kind of feel like is a wasted opportunity because they don't like the puzzles pretty much stay the same. They, they introduce like a, some stuff later in the game uh, that kind of forces you to work with somebody else, a, a teammate, and that kind of is where they introduce some challenge into the puzzle. But like with the whole Arca thing, it pretty much is like, I need this door to be to turn on so I can hit this. Or excuse me. I need to power this switch so I can flip it so the door will open so I can get to the other thing. So then the puzzle is where is where can you get Arca power and like. I don't know, like, it just, it's just like a wasted opportunity and a lot of, like, I don't know, it, it's very frustrating because there is potential. <laughs> Do you think that uh, that would have benefited the game, having a little bit more diversity in the in the puzzles? I mean, I guess, I mean, for me, it would have, but I mean, they, they introduced, like, a really cool, what are the things called, um, what are those lost pieces? So those those these are enemies. I wrote down like think of them like the the little the heads in, in Halo from the Flood. Yeah. Where they just like if you have anima on you, like if you have arc like anima in your arca, they swarm you. So they always swarm to an animal anima source. So there was a really cool puzzle where um and then they're they're afraid or uh they get hurt or damaged by light. So there's a cool puzzle where you need to figure out how to open up these gates and use the lights. And it's a weight puzzle where you have to figure out, you have to use the lost, and, and like, you stand on a switch to open up a door. And you have to figure out a way, instead of it being you, that you use the lost pieces to be the weight that stands on it to open the door. And I think that was the best puzzle in the game. But it was like the only puzzle that was like a shout out where I think like this was actually well done. Do, do, do you agree, Trevor? Where they they a- actually introduced some like difficulty and like kind of piecing together stuff you've learned throughout the game. Yeah, I'll agree with that, but I don't think they went far enough because I only remember those the lost pieces like showing up twice. Yeah, like. And that's what I'm, oh, okay. I guess, complaining about. It's like, oh, God, I thought you were, you were praising it. No, I'm praising that puzzle, but it's just like yeah. a missed opportunity where it's like, here's where they properly showed, you know, yeah. using this stuff you learned in the past. This is how you solve this thing. It, it's it's kind of like they they put all of these elements into the game, but didn't arrange them in any interesting way. Like you mean just. Just you have your Arca ability, you have um, you know the switches, you have platforms, you have the um, the the lost pieces, you have all of these different 
elements, but they didn't really create anything complex or or interesting with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, on top of that, too... Okay. I guess we might as well talk about, like, the puzzles. Right? Should we just get it out the way now? What'd you say? The puzzles. The what? (laughs) The, uh, what do you call it? Um, I don't even, I can't think of a clever thing. Uh, anyways. So, I was telling Dante, I'm glad that he didn't play this game with us because he would hate this game. And the main reason why is the gameplay is not too compelling, but there are like these puzzles in this game. We were just talking about a couple that were like, you know, this game they didn't do enough to change up or, you know, build on to what they started with. But there were a couple of puzzles in this game that were just so either poorly explained, poorly built, um, just poorly implemented. Like, I don't know what, like, what was the reasoning why it was the way it was. It was just bad. And, like, so, like, the main ones that I'm referring to... I think the worst of the worst. I don't know if you got there, Greg, but the white background puzzle. Oh yeah, where you gotta like this uh, match your match the yeah, end yeah, character yeah, yeah. and do the same animation that yeah, she's yeah, yeah. doing. Yeah, that yeah, puzzle that. was terrible. It's. I mean, it was bad. I wouldn't say it was offensively bad, but it was like. Did bad. you Did you know how to solve it? I just kept running. <laughs> I tried to like. How long did that puzzle away. take you to solve? Maybe like five minutes, something like not that long, but yes, I get I get where the frustration in in that comes from because you just kind of you don't really know what direction you need to go to sometimes, and then you'll see an animation or there is sometimes where like there's like at one point of the puzzle there's a ladder that you can't go up and you're just looking at it like really, mm-hmm. <laughs> that one was I had to look it up. I can see that. And, like... It's not very intuitive. There's no, like... Was that just because you had to do them in a certain order? No. You, yeah, I don't even think you have you to had, do them You can order. do them in any order. It's just, like, there was no, like... Did you have issues with that puzzle, Trevor? Yeah, it was it was the ladders that got me. I ended up... Because I was having issues throughout the game where it felt like certain parts weren't loading properly. Like, I would get to a save point, and then the game wouldn't progress. And so I thought once I got to that puzzle and I couldn't use the ladders, I'm thinking, okay, this this game is messing up again. And so I restarted the, from the last checkpoint and then did it again. And I must have gotten those, um, I don't know what you call them, the little ghost um, or shadows of Anne. I must have collected those in a different order than I did originally. And it finally let me um, climb the ladders. So I never figured out what triggered it. Yeah, I have no idea. I just I just was like, I don't know. I see the thing. How do I get to it? And I tried climbing up, and I couldn't. And I, it just was so annoying. And, like, everything I saw, too, was, like, people just complaining about how frustrating that puzzle was. And just, like, it was the worst puzzle in the game, which I think it was. I don't know how you feel about it, Trevor and Greg. I don't think it was a puzzle. I think it was just a 
a procedural or a, what's another another term? It was the worst activity in the game. <laughs> yeah, like I think I was telling you the other day once I finally got to it that there was actually something I thought was more annoying in Kingdom Hearts three, and it's a similar um, activity in the game once you get to it where you're basically trying to recollect yourself I guess I, I don't remember what how it connected to the story um, but you basically had to collect um, different um, instances of your character and I mean it was basically like hundreds of views running around like on a, a three dimensional very um uh, I can't even think of the the painting with the stair steps. Um, MC Escher is very MC Escher style, like 3D map where you have different instances of yourself running around, and you just kind of have to run past them or run through them and touch them. And that was that was more annoying than, or at least I think it was more annoying than this. At least with this activity you were matching the movement or the pose or whatever yeah yeah um the other one that i didn't really like was the train one where you had to the the there was two parts there was you had to stop the train it was a runaway train so you had to apply the brakes and then you had to once the brakes didn't work you had to like destroy the engine or something like that oh yeah I had to look that up cause like they give you like no like the conductor explains to you what you need he doesn't even explain he makes an offhanded comment like I guess we need to overpower the the engine I'm gonna blah blah this blah blah that blah blah that and like then he goes does an activity and then you um you are tasked with doing it because something happens to the conductor. And so, like, you have... No, like, it, it just was, like, a lot of flipping switches and just trial and error. And there was nothing really, like, fun or, like, there was no way you could go into your uh, inventory or, your, excuse me, your journal and, like, kind of, like, nothing told you, like, what you were supposed to do. Not Like, the interaction you had with that guy was not notated anywhere. So it was just kind of like, what am I supposed to do? And then when I realized, like, oh, like, I had to look up the answer. And then somebody said, pay attention to what the guy said. And I'm like, man, that was like, he, <laughs> we talked for like two minutes. You know, it wasn't like it was like a long dialogue. And it was like a, like it was a single line out of like, I mean, he may have said like six or seven lines. And it was like one of the six or seven lines. And it wasn't even like the last one. So it was just kind of. I wasn't even thinking that there was going to be a puzzle. It, it, it played out as a cutscene, you know? Yeah. Like like you were saying, like a gameplay cutscene. So I wasn't even... It wasn't even clear to me that I was going to have to do anything after that, you know? But I guess it's just me. I don't no, know. Like, um, I had an issue with the part that you got to, um, like, right before the engine. It was the part with the brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to look it up because... I was thinking, like, this is one of the earlier puzzles in the game, or the closest to puzzles that this game gets, and so when I was at this point, I was still thinking this game was 
might be a little bit challenging as far as puzzles. Mm-hmm. Or it, it might try to challenge me. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm missing something. And so I start to look up a guide and I watched a YouTube video. And I probably watched it for maybe five seconds once I get to the part that I needed to get to. But mm-hmm. there was nothing that tells you you can push down the levers multiple times yeah. in order to um, to get them to, to go back up faster. And so I'm sitting there running back and forth between the levers like like I'm playing um, whack-a-mole or something, trying mm-hmm. to push them down, and then run back to the break in time. And as soon as I hit it, of course, one of the levers would be up and the break wouldn't go back through. So yeah, that was that was that put a pretty bad taste in my mouth as far as um, starting off these puzzles. That drove me crazy just because I'm like, this, this has got to be it. Like, or I'm just asking myself like, how am I messing this up? Like, it just seems super simple. And you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm tired of trying this. And you go look it up, and it's like, really? That's it? That's all it was? Huh? Yeah, like I um, <clears throat> I didn't realize you could pump it. I think that was the, like, I just thought you put the switch down, and that was it. Yeah. I didn't realize you could, like, pump, pump, and it would go up higher. Yeah, so I'm the same, in the same boat. I just thought it was dumb. Um, There was one other puzzle, but I can't even think of it, but it was something else along the lines of the the, the train engine puzzle where it was just, like, you didn't get enough. It was, like, a one-line hidden amongst the conversation you were having with somebody and it was like this is the the answer but then I just I can't think of it right now it was in the third act at the, at the near the end of the game but I can't think of it right now um and yeah like uh so basically we don't like the the puzzles in this game animation it's okay I mean like I, we appreciate it it looks good but it doesn't really do anything for the story for the game puzzles we don't like is that is that fair assessment mm, they're okay i sure. would i wouldn't call them puzzles <laughs> okay why not well considering the games that we've played and what we would consider puzzles i think at one point we considered it where the game teaches you a mechanic Mm-hmm. And you use that mechanic to solve different parts of the game. And those parts increasingly challenge the player. And the mechanics, I guess, become more complex. This game didn't really do any of that. It just kind of used it as kind of like a, a buffer between um, like story beats okay I, I I yeah that's a, that's a fair assessment I, I don't know like uh I think the the answer is a little less apparent than a game that we also said was not puzzles in brother so I would like give it that but I do agree that based off our previous conversations you would be right these aren't puzzles <laughs> Um, Let's call them interactive challenges. Yeah. <laughs> interactive uh, scenes, yeah. Um, and then I guess we can talk about the the platforming. 
because um, this is a quote-unquote platformer. The first thing I want to say is I hated how much the animators wanted you to see every single animation in this game. Like, not the cutscenes, the actual gameplay animations. Yeah. It was so difficult to... Like, thing, like when I... Like, the climbing animation, the running animation, the, oh, stopping to catch her breath because she ran for too far of a distance. And, like, it just, it was very tedious, and it just got old after a while, but you had to deal with it the entire game. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how the old, like, Prince of Persia games feel, like, almost clunky. You know, it's like you're trying to... Like, just trying to line things up or even get things with, like, precision just doesn't feel doesn't feel good. And I was hopeful when you got the... So, she at some point, she gets these mechanical wings that allow her to jump higher and further. And I was hoping that that kind of... I was thinking when we got those, and it would open up a little bit of the platforming. And, like, make it a, like... You no longer have to grab ledges. You would land on top of the ledge, so you don't have to see that animation and everything. But... It, even even with that, like it didn't really open it up. It was still clunky, like having to like literally toggle the run button or like toggle the wings to be out. Like, cause I, did you guys play? You played with a controller, both of you two. No, yeah. I used a mouse and keyboard. See, yeah, I played with a mouse and keyboard too, and like just having to. I don't know. It just felt really like why is there this extra step to get my wings out? They should just yeah. automatically like. And then you them. couldn't, you couldn't hold control to take your wings out before you started running or moving. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was very. Um, I don't know. Like all the platforming was very stiff. Or if you didn't jump, like even normal jump without the wings, if you didn't jump at the right spot underneath the platform, you wouldn't grab onto it. I had that happen a lot. Um, or like I had this happen where I, like, there was specific ways to, she had like an animation to jump, like hang off a ledge and jump to another ledge. Or I, I it just, I didn't enjoy the platforming at all, which is like, this is platforming is I mean it's a genre I grew up with. We just like freaking played like a platformer a couple months ago in Celeste and like I feel like that did an amazing job of like not being a, a, a nuisance and not getting in the way of things and I feel like this game was on the exact opposite end of the spectrum where it's like at every corner it was like oh like even even something that you guys didn't care for and like Psychonauts, I feel like Psychonauts did a way better job of even though you guys didn't necessarily think it was a platformer, I, I enjoyed the platforming way better in Psychonauts than I did in this game. Oh yeah, I mean, I I can I can agree with you there. Yeah, I think for what this game tried to do, like especially in the latter half of the game, um, that pl- the platforming was not built for it. Yeah, and the frustrating part was like one of the characters that you work with, Fig. He freaking is like. Like a, a a parkour dude, you know, <laughs> like he's like jumping and like flipping and like able to just bound like this tall building and like a couple of attempts and like seeing him be able to get around so flawlessly and it's just like, yo, like why are we letting this character stone on me? 
Like, you guys obviously know, like, what fluid good platforming looks like. Why why couldn't you, like, make her less reliant on this character and, like, let me do it, you know? It was just very... It was very annoying. It was very annoying. It, like... And it's so disappointing because I was really looking forward to some more platforming and not being able to really feel like I had complete control of the character and like able to get to the spots I wanted to get to was really, uh, it was a big bummer. Is that how it was with Prince of Persia, Greg? (laughs) Oh, what was that? I'm saying like just the, the way, like you said, it felt clunky and everything. Like I'm, I'm interested to know like, so like this basically took a pay like, yeah I think it I mean it almost pays homage to like that game to a T because like I think it follows kind of the same way that they animate things and and like I said there's like a a weird I mean this isn't as jank as that game is but like I mean obviously because it's that was way older but like it still shares some things of like you have to line things up perfectly and it's like. In that game, he would, you couldn't really, like, um, what's the word? Like, you couldn't really move him, like, pixels. It was like he would go too far sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it was like a little bit of a pain trying to line him up to get the right jump. But, yeah, I mean, it it definitely kind of shares some similarities with that. You have to be precise in a game that doesn't really allow for precision. exactly. Damn, you're blowing up. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I. What, do you have anything else for the platforming, Trevor? Like, um, not really. I think y'all hit most of it because I think when I was looking at some of the achievements, there was an achievement for um, um, for the one scene where you meet you first meet the character Fig, and you kind of have to chase him, and he's you know doing all the parkour stuff. Yeah. Um. um there's an achievement for not touching the ground, like doing that. How really? I'm guessing neither of y'all got it. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's. I think that might be one of the challenges in the game is to is for that achievement. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, I guess so. We talked about the store, or not the store. We talked about the animation. The puzzles on the platform. Oh, I, I thought of another puzzle. I didn't, I didn't really care for that phone uh, puzzle. I had to look that up. I couldn't figure out what it was. I, I guess the things... I was just kind of like shooting in the dark. But I couldn't find out what the clue was as far as like where in the environment I could figure out what it was. Or is it one of the ones I need to look in the journal for something? It's something like... Yeah, yeah. Did, did you have issues with that one, Trevor? No. I kind of knew exactly what it was. Um... Like as soon as I went and looked at that um, that ticket, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really care. Ro- I was like, why did I even have this? Yeah, rotary phones don't have um, uh, numbers. Le- letter characters. Oh, yeah, letters. Yeah, that's true. There's no texting on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was. Uh... Okay, so let's talk about the uh, the. The, the character choices. Do they matter? <laughs> I mean, there's different endings, right? I mean... 
I think there's only two, right, Trevor? You, you, I know you looked this up a little bit. Yeah, from what I could find, there were only two endings, and that was purely based on your decision at the end. Um, but then along with that ending, it also gave you like these little cards, um, and which I think, um, looking through some other stuff, they basically just use those as like phone wallpapers. Um, that you could download but um but yeah so the two endings um i don't think there's really a good or bad ending but one of them was if you chose to um stay in that world and the other one is if you chose to take Banku and leave and go back to the real world mm-hmm. um and if you if you stayed in that world I think on the internet they consider that the good ending because you actually get a cutscene. But if you leave, um, you see a short scene, but you actually just restart the game. Huh. So which um, which option did y'all choose? I chose to stay. Okay, so you got the cutscene. I didn't, I didn't finish. Wait, it. wait. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember seeing it because, like, you're, you're t- so the the option to allow the world to continue to exist, right? And you die, right? You you basically crystallize. I did that, but I don't remember seeing a cutscene. Um, I think the cutscene that I watched, um, they basically move your crystal of you and Banku into the like the center of the town, and then it shows like just Fig talking to the other Forgotlings. Weird. Oh, you didn't get that? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, that was what I watched uh, on YouTube because I actually picked the other ending, so there wasn't a. a oh, you left? You said F yeah, these man, guys. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, man, these are these are things. They're items. <laughs> they just don't want to be forgotten, man. It's sad. <laughs> I was just like, no, man, I'm I'm real. I'm a real boy. I'm a. Did you? So you you thought you were actually a real person? Yeah. So that was the thing that was throwing me off with this game was that they never really address like at some point it's like you, you get questioned do you even remember um what did he what did he ask do you even remember what it was like when you were little or something like that right yeah yeah and when he asked that i was like um your character didn't but she was still unsure of like what was going on and then she when she had her um Arca removed when they uh, the the rebels took her Arca. It kind of made it seem like um, uh, that she was a she was about to become crystallized, right? Yeah, that's what I believe. That's what they told her. So you thought that that's not wasn't the thing? See, I don't know because like Banku just had this idea in his head that. They could go back to the real world. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they are forgotlings, like they never really explained why they looked human. Like, Dude. I guess because, like, I can understand Anne. She kind of her her mother what forgot her, so she became a forgotling. I don't know, cause like I have no idea. Like I. Because at some point she was human, but then once her mother abandoned her, 
um, she became a forgotling, and that was why they got into that world. And I think Banku, he was like some kind of inventor. But then yeah, he, he was like, the one that invented the world, I think. Yeah, but then as far as like the real world, he was forgotten or something. I don't, I don't remember. I think he chose like he wasn't appreciated as yeah. an inventor in the real world, so he created this other world. And because I guess he had been, th- th- this is my read on it. Um, um, because I had wrote down the quote: "You're not rotten; you're just forgotten." <laughs> and I think that to me, I'm thinking like this dude was really he was an inventor, and he just wasn't appreciated in his world. So he created this fantasy world to live in, and he brought like inanimate objects or whatever and gave them life to work for him to make sure that this world is still running and everything under the guise that hey if you guys work hard and pay off your dues then you can um go back you know on the ether bridge you can earn a spot back and uh i just didn't i never believed that she was a human after seeing how she reacted to having her arca taken off I thought that she... Because otherwise, why was she acting that way? Was she just being dramatic? That's what I thought, because that scene... I hated that part. Yeah, man. <laughs> Again, that was them loving their animations, where she had to... Every couple of seconds, she had to stop and catch her breath. <sighs> um, yeah, I was... I mean, the whole time she was... Um, you know, talking about... Or the whole time she was being dramatic, I was just yelling at the screen, Get up, come on, <laughs> stop, get up. <laughs> you ain't even <laughs> You ain't even hurt. <laughs> Dry it up. <laughs> um so I guess we're were either of you two fooled into thinking that your choices were actually gonna mean anything? At first just because of how you know how they I think the first decision you make is is like it tells you um, something about like this decision will come back up again or something like that. So I'm thinking, you know, some of this is going to matter, but, you know, apparently it doesn't. Yeah, I I for sure thought that like, oh, like this is going to matter. Like, like I was literally like that first, like you, you, because they have some cool decisions you can make with the arc. Like, this is another thing with the. I thought the game was going to go one way and be one thing, and then the actual developers decided to do a completely different thing. That first two interactions you had, like one was with somebody that didn't have the right uh, identification on him, so he was claiming that he was a worker in the factory, but somehow he was in the tower that you were in for no reason. So, like, is he a rebel, or is he actually who he says he is? And you can choose if you want to or not to um, suck his life force, distill him and basically suck his life force. And I thought that was, I thought it was going to be pretty compelling because the very next decision you make is another, or not next one, another big decision you make is like, you're at the train station, there's a worker, uh, Secti, who is, um, uh, where uh, he, he's saying, uh, you know, like, we can't get these things running. If you need to, you need to talk to Pax. And then Pax, who's the train station headmaster or whatever, 
he's saying that uh, Sekti is a mole and Sekti Sampax is a mole and you have to decide with limited information which of the two you feel like is the mole so you can distill them. Or actually, isn't it like to... Yeah, you distill them, right? That's the only option you have? Yeah. And I saw, so I was like, cool. Like, if this is going to be like a kind of like a, a morality thing where it's like you are this person that everybody refers to as the enforcer and like you have to make these type of decisions and there's going to be some type of repercussions at the end of the game or even like you chose the wrong person and like I think like the the in a perfect world we always dream that these branching uh, uh, decisions will always like mean that the developer spent all this time like crafting this unique story that if you would have chose the other option it would be completely different and your whole game would be different but that's never the case and it definitely like it didn't seem it seems so irrelevant in this in this game that like after maybe playing about 20 not 20 uh about two or three hours getting two or three hours in this game i was like oh like those things don't even matter i I, like i knew i didn't have to look it up i was like none of the decisions i made mattered you know yeah and and that takes me back to um what i was talking about with the endings like there's only so there's only two endings but there's four of those cards and the cards are actually based on the decisions you make throughout the game so all two of them (laughs) well there's four cards um well, as far as decisions, I mean whether or not you um, you distill certain um, forgotlings. Um, let me see, what else was it based on? Because uh, they were like Enforcer, um, Rebel. Let me see, I've got it pulled up here. Uh, so Rebel, um, or actually it doesn't even tell you just has like a little quote the rebel is idealistic and committed um force is never a solution enforcer the enforcer is strong-willed and relentless caretaker the caretaker strives to treat everyone equally and peacefully master the master is clever and powerful and so i was trying to see if i could find really quickly if anyone knows like what you do in order to get these cards because I know it has something to do with which um, forgotlings you distill and who you don't distill it probably does and does it not that I can find immediately do y'all remember which one which ones y'all got or I know Greg didn't get that far I I mean which card I don't remember what card I got I remember if you read off the decisions I could tell you which ones I did uh, there's Rebel, Enforcer, Caretaker, and Master. Because <clears throat> I know I ch- I distilled the first character in your tower, and then I know that I I distilled Secti. I didn't just dis- I I distilled the worker, not the the person in charge of the station. But that's those are the only two decisions that I remember making, and they were super early in the game. Yeah, I can't find it now. Um, I know what I read on one was that um, someone who had gotten master, he said he went through the game and basically tried to distill every distillable forgotling he could. And that was how he got master. Weird. I heard there was a way you could play this game as a pacifist and like get through without distilling anybody. Well, I didn't didn't distill anybody. 
You didn't distill either of those two people between the mole and the no um, the train station. You can you can stop you can... midway and he'll yeah. just confess. Yeah, it's like you just—it's basically you torture him, kind of, by doing that. I wasn't talking about the 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 person that the the attacker. I was talking about like, so you you. I was talking about between the lamp and the sock or whatever at the train station before, like when you're trying to get it yeah. set up. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to kill him. I think if he start doing it and then stop, he he confesses. No, I did not know that. Damn. He got got. Yeah, because the only the only reason I figured that out was because I didn't know you had to hold it down. I thought because it was kind of like a, a cutscene. Um, once you click the oh, option, animation animation will play out. Yeah, but once I let go, oh, you're about to smoke them too. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah. Did we? Let's see. Um. Do we have anything else that we need to like hit on? Uh, unless you want to talk about the music. There was music in this game. <laughs> I will say one thing. I did not care for, and this is separate from the music, I didn't care for the sound design in this game. Because there are instances where if your character is facing a certain direction, especially with the cutscene, I think they try to make it seem like like you were you were talking and your voice was being thrown towards a certain direction but sometimes Anne's voice would be a lot lower than other characters voices I don't know if y'all noticed that no yeah I didn't notice that and then um, sometimes and it may have been done on purpose but like Whenever there, whenever you were walking through the the city, and you could kind of like eavesdrop on other characters, like the NPCs, um, that would be louder than when you were talking to like. There's a scene where you're walking with Fig, and there are obviously you know people you know chattering in the background, but I don't know if they're like trying to force you to listen to them because they're talking about Banku and the Enforcer at that point. So I don't know if they're intentionally trying to force you to listen to them, but when you have those two characters talking, and then you also have people in the background talking, that's kind of, um, you know, it it contributes to the story. Um, you know, you don't really know who to listen to. And also, the Bulb's voice was weird. It kind of had some reverb in it. You know, especially compared to everybody else's voice. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it sounded like he was in an empty room and everybody else was, like, talking into the microphone. He sent his his little audio mix (laughs) from his house. Exactly. It just sounded different than than everybody else's. I gotcha. There there was a couple of standout... I I say standout, but I can't think of them now. But there was a couple of, like... Either depending on like they they kind of gave him a little bit of like uh, they played with the voice a little bit so the voice actor maybe had a little bit of fun with it and like actually did an accent or something yeah. or in some cases where they like gave them some type of uh, uh, like the character designs like there was like a cigar, the, the the teddy bear that was chomping the cigar you know mm-hmm. on, and then like there was a teapot that playing. Uh, poker with sunglasses 
So, like, they kind of put a little bit of personality. Like, the gun was another one that was, like, he was the the sheriff that was the gun. Yeah. And I I, I liked his person, like, personality, I guess. or Not his personality, but I, I liked the, the life or whatever that character had. Mm-hmm. But they had some. Maybe they had some funky thing in that. Even as I wrote out, even in Fantasyland, because they talked about police brutality in the game. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> yeah. And he said, "Oh, like you'll, you'll probably just get suspended." And I was like, "Dang!" Even in Fantasyland, when cops get accused of police brutality, <laughs> they only get suspended. <laughs> These forgotlings are woke. Yeah. Um, but that was one thing. Had, like, oh, go ahead. No, you got it. You got it. Um, I was just gonna say that was one thing this game was praised for, um, besides its animation and um, and music. It was praised for its voice acting. Yeah, I think the voice acting was pretty solid in this game. I will say that I I I, I was kind of like I was a little bit serious about the music. Like I don't really remember uh, the music, so I I don't want to say like it's bad because we've definitely played games where. I just the music was an afterthought, um, and this is just one of them. So it's not saying it's bad, but like it, it wasn't noticeable to me. Um, I did have written down. I try to like write down a song in the moment when I'm playing. Like, oh, this sounds okay. Or revisit this, and I had written down factory music, but I don't. Um, I don't remember how it sounds, or if I dug it, or if it was just stood out as something that was. Uh, different than the rest of the stuff that we were listening to. Um, I had written down a couple of quotes that um, I had, or maybe just one, because I think the dialogue gets really bad in the in the back near the end of the game. Like, um, there's that, that clock boss that was like, I just didn't understand what was the point of that boss. You remember, Trevor, her, like, radio or alarm clock? Do you remember? What's up? The um, the clock boss and how like the dialogue and that alarm clock at the end, her alarm clock. Oh, it's See, just like what's going on? Yeah, that part really took me out of this game because it kind of seemed like it introduced an entirely new concept just to create this um. A weird puzzle platforming section, yeah. and like the game doesn't do a good job with either of them, so it was just like doubly like. And then at that, like I was saying, like I, I felt like the dialogue in this game got worse as the game progressed. So like it was just kind of like this character keeps talking. I have to solve this puzzle with platforming, and like all three of these things are just a mess. Yeah. Um, I really did, like, my favorite, probably my favorite part in the game was when you guys are blowing up the factory, and then you're at the top and uh, of the tower, the factory or whatever, with a uh, factory tower with a uh, fig, and you're like, I'm done making bad decisions, and then you, like, jump off the building with fig holding on, and then your wings break, and then the game sucks after that. Man, I was so <laughs> confused at that part. Like, she knew her wings were going to break. Why would she still do it? <laughs> Let them burn. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I was like, man. And to me, that's like when the game got worse. Because <laughs> I think that was like, was that after um, 
That was, be- I mean, that was before you get captured by the rebels, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then, like, yeah, I think right after that, you get like the bulb is like, "Come here, come follow me," and like he's leading you, and then he leads you to that cage. He you drop into oh, the cage, yeah. and he's like, "Got him." And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, that's like when they take the Arca off, and then like, yeah, like basically from that part on, I just don't like the game. Even the part I forgot about it too when she splits up with with Fig. Mm-hmm. And she like she doesn't necessarily trust them all the way, and she had done all this stuff, so it was just kind of like you say you don't trust Fig, but you're like you basically cut off your ties with Bonku. So who are you gonna ha- like? Who are you gonna? I don't want to say be with, but whose side are you on? Because you can't go back to Bonku because of this decision you made, and you've just done all this stuff for Fig. You might as well just go with him, but you just wanted to do your own thing, and then. This is what you get, you know? I think one of the biggest downfalls of the story is the fact that nothing comes full circle. Nothing comes what? Full circle. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like everything just... Not really snowballs, but it's just like a, just a series of events happening. And it's yeah. kind of like... Okay, why is this character doing this? There, there's. It doesn't seem like there's any motives really, and if they are, they're mm-hmm. not expressed, and they're not expressed to the point where it's, it's meaningful to the story. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I don't know. Like, I, I think there was the makings there's bits and pieces of a good game to me i don't I like because obviously you said metacritic when you said like the metacritic score for this was in the 80s yeah which is ridiculous like it made me feel like i was missing something i i think it, it just like I, i'm just confused about what was the hook that brought those people to not only leave a review score but like what got them what sold them on the game and what games they normally play <laughs> it currently has a 78 on ps4 76 on pc 83 on xbox and 82 on switch that's crazy man i think people are just digging the art style and like maybe the story that much i mean i don't know yeah like like where would you put this for yourself greg like what would you score this on like out of out of five, I get I guess five or ten, and like probably like maybe a six or five. Like it's not terrible, but it's just not a very enjoyable experience. What about you, Trevor? Um, I hmm, I'd probably give it a three. Wow. Out of out of ten, yeah. That low, dang it. I think the parts of this game that should be good aren't good. Or the parts of this game that should be great aren't that great. Like, it's a platforming game. The platforming sucks. Like, it it, it tries to rely on its narrative. But like I said, the story never comes full circle. There's no great revelations in this game. Um, 
Like when I was looking at the walkthrough, it has it separated by acts, but you couldn't even tell where you were in the game. Exactly. I was trying to do that walkthrough too, and I was just like, I was reading it. And I'm like, why am I reading this walkthrough? I just want to see where I am in this game. I was like, how many, you know, how long is this game? How many chapters or how many acts or whatever? And I was like, this is dumb. It, it's it's like it's just, um, what do you call? Uh, I can't even think of the the term for it. Um, it'll it'll come to me later. But it's just like a like some kind of bad play or something like that. Okay. Like the the way the the story plays out. I don't know. It, it just. I had high hopes for this game just because of, like I said, the reviews. And I'm even looking on here now. Um, it has a, an 83 on Xbox as far as critic oh reviews. <laughs> but the user score is 5.4. Okay. So, so it's maybe outlets are giving it. Yeah. And yeah, and on, what is this, Switch, it has an 82. User score is 6.3. Yeah, so that that that, that kind of more checks out. Like I, I'm kind of I'm kind of like with you guys, like in that range. I, I was thinking like a probably like a four and a half to five and a half, some somewhere along those lines, four to five, I guess. And like it's disappointing because like I do like platformers, and like you said, it it's like the worst type of platforming you could get get in the game where it's just super animation heavy and uh i do think there are bits and pieces that would make a good game i i i do think the arca system the 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 transferring of power or energy or whatever between things could have been done better i do think that the they could have used those lost pieces enemies better I do feel like they could have, they had like, at least those two initial decisions you had to make could have been done uh, throughout the game. And like, that could have been better. And like, I do, don't even, the thing that we all said that we didn't dislike with the animation, the the, the cutscenes, even that, like, it's just like, they didn't even deliver any story in this. Like, were they, like, I, I don't think cutscenes are skippable. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what they were scared about was like, oh, people will just skip the cutscene, so we don't want to have any story beats in it. But like, if like there really isn't much story to deliver in this game, and then like, I don't think the story is bad, but like, it's not like what you're what you're telling the story you're telling isn't that deep to me, you know. And I feel like some of the Part, the, the parts that I'm going to remember the most about this game, if I were to remember anything, would have been the decisions I made and not necessarily what was going on with, in the story, you know? Yeah. It's it's kind of like, like with Mass Effect. Like, the decisions don't seem that, um, you know, life or death type of decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get any instant gratification. Um like there was there was maybe one instance where I decided to revive somebody. Um, I revived a forgotling and then as soon as he got up he killed um another. Yeah, forgotling. I did that too. I did that too. But there and like there wasn't like, like that. that much of there wasn't that much of that going on in the game. 
and then on top of that too it was like you felt like oh like that was more impactful it was like dang like I can't believe that happened than like some of the other stuff that happened in the game or like even like the the final decision like I'm guessing to you it seemed like a no brainer right Trevor yeah exactly because like they didn't do like I don't think they did a great job of fleshing out the two care of fig and bulb because like I you know I had written in my notes that I don't trust Banku but there really wasn't much going on that like I had complete total and utter faith in fig as well for all I know he could have been like a Mysterio type figure and selling me a lie too you know yeah I'm I was thinking the whole time like man these are items like who who cares yeah like well who who's filling their head with you know this stuff like the same reason Anne was believing like lies you know how how can we trust these things like who who told them this information that, that especially when the dude was like this is I'm a, a this and this is all I ever can be or ever can do mhm and then they're leading resistance you know <laughs> or you know they're like leading people into destroy property or whatever. I don't know it's just yeah uh, very, very disappointing. Are you more sad because you were the one that picked this game, Trevor? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn. That's what I was wondering. I was like, because I, I was looking at it. I looked at all our games. This is definitely like my least favorite thing we played this it's year. Like, man, I'm still getting flack for brothers, and and now I got to live with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. This game, I, I, I for, like, you know, first two, first hour, first maybe hour and a half, I was like, okay, I, I'd like to see where this goes. And then probably by, like, hour three, I was just like, am I almost done yet? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's one of those few games where it was like, you know, like I, I talked about in The Evil Within, I dreaded playing it, mostly just because of the, the subject matter. Where I kind of like dreaded playing this because I just wanted to get it over with, kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's like not a a good space to be. So, didn't really care for this game. I don't understand why people or journalists or whoever has it as high as they do. I hope the developer the best, but I hope that they learn from, <laughs> you know, like... I don't know. I, I hope they make a better game, even if they don't necessarily like necessarily listen to mine or our crit- critiques. And I mean, the game was made on on Unity, so it wasn't like they just created their own their own engine and and built something, you know, groundbreaking. Um, you know, I think with Unity, they could have done a lot more with the platforming. Could have done but, a lot more with a lot of things. Yeah. I'm just thinking from like a technical standpoint. Sure, right? sure. It wasn't like there was some type of technical issue why they. Yeah. I mean, it's probably I'm 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 willing to bet it was budget reasons. Being an indie studio, there's probably only so much tweaking and stuff you can do before you have to like release something to get some money. Yeah. So I, that, that's I'm willing to bet that was the reasoning why. Uh, all right, you got anything, Greg? Anything? Any last words? Are Are you going to finish the game? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, maybe. 
maybe, but I don't, I really, I mean, I don't feel like a strong, like, you know, urge to really finish it. I mean, it, I'm pretty close, so I'm, I might do it, but if, uh, if I don't, I don't feel like I'd be missing much. Yeah, like I said, I think you have maybe about a little under two hours or at two hours left in the game, so you're, it's, it's a shorter game, you know, I don't think it'll take more than seven or eight hours to beat, so, um... All right, you got anything else, Trevor? No, I think sorry that's you it. this game, man. <laughs> I will say, uh, just looking at the other games you picked, you did pick uh, Transistor, so yeah. it's not all bad. Didn't it, wasn't the original game we were supposed to play? Kill, wasn't it supposed to be Killer Seven? Well, that, that was for was. that was for um, Oberdin. Yeah. Uh yeah, 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 never mind. Yeah. Okay. That would have been a banger, I think, but <laughs> it was a technical banger. <laughs> um, all right, well, where, where can people find you, at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet um, at Lyric Unsung. Except um, I don't know how the the EA website works. If it's like an actual um, thing where you can add people, but somebody just hacked my account, so um, don't add me. At Lyric Unsung on just now? on EA. Um, well, they sent me an email earlier, but I was just now checking it, um, and somebody like changed my um, my birthday, and it won't it's let my me, birthday now. It won't let me change it back. So I'm gonna have to contact support to make sure they didn't get any other info. They didn't make any purchases on the account, so that's that's a, good. A good thing. All right. Where can we find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Uh, Facebook is the same. And on Twitch at twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegrox. And then you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Or just search my name. <laughs> um, so next game, I think we're basically caught up, maybe? Yeah, I think this one. Think so, yeah. This one will come out. Yeah, this was out. July. So this is July. We was hoping to release it July, but we still have to release the last one. So um, we'll post maybe we post dated. Yeah, yeah. So um, the next game will be my game. It is um, Oddworld Stranger. Uh, let, me, let me make sure I get it right. It's uh, <coughs> Oddworld. Yeah, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Um, so that's going to be for the month of August. And then we have a fan or friend uh, guest-provided game, I guess you could say, for the month of September. And we have, I guess we can change the banner because we know the game now. Uh, It's going to be my homie Jonas. Um, He's listened to, he doesn't listen to every episode, but he's listened to the ones for the games he's played. He's the fans of the show will remember that uh he was the um one of my friends that was really into phoenix Wright. so uh he listened to that episode and i know he listened to the advanced wars episode because that was another game i think that was the game that he put into the um poll so uh finally bringing him on and we are going to play black mesa which as far as i know is like a fan-made i don't want to say remake but like reimagining or of the first half-life i don't know if that's factual or actual does that sound right to you guys 
Yeah. I mean, I haven't played it, but that sounds right from uh, my understanding of that. Yeah, so yeah, it's a third-party remake of Half-Life. And was originally released as a free mod for Half-Life 2. And then it received a standalone commercial release about three years later. So, yeah. Black Mesa, uh, that's going to be the game. So looking forward to getting into that. But first, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Um, any any last thoughts for Forgotten End? I've already forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> Bars. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Um, well, again, I guess with that, uh, we're missed checkpoints and we're out. Peace. <laughs>